Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Well, I want to say this morning, or actually it's not morning anymore, it's afternoon now. I just love being a podcaster. I just, I have fallen in love with this. You get to talk to so many wonderful people. And I've been interviewing some super great guests. And I have a guest with us today. Her name is Jennifer Pilates. And you are just going to fall in love with her. Let me introduce a little bit about Jennifer's background. Now, she is host of the top-rated podcast, Empowered Within. She's been transforming clients' body, mind, and spirits worldwide for over 20 years as a celebrity trainer and advisor, empowerment coach, mentor, and podcast host. Jennifer is a detail-loving, stubborn-as-heck achiever, unshakable optimistic, philanthropic, self-care activist, fur baby mama, and ocean-loving intuitive empath. That's awesome. She has a continued passion for the body, mind, and spirit connection. Now, I'm going to take just a brief minute and say, for those of you who have listened to several of my episodes, you know that I'm a huge fan of looking at the whole entire body, that we're not just a body, we're not just a mind, we're not just emotions, we're not just the spirit, we're all together. So that's just amazing. I can't wait to hear about this. Jennifer is also a third generation Pilates instructor, and she had the honor of training directly under second generation Pilates instructors and founders of the internationally renowned the Pilates Center of Boulder, Colorado. Now she has Pilates wellness studios throughout the United States, in Massachusetts, Cape Cod, and Boston, Colorado, and Arizona. Now, she works within the Pilates method, but also she does Reiki, reflexology, Chinese acupressure, and energy healing. Now, I'm going to end my description of Jennifer with her quote that I absolutely love, She says, quote, my goal is to help clients discover their own truths, gain self-empowerment, and in turn, transform their lives, body, mind, and spirit. Now, if that's not someone who's made for Phoenix and Flame podcast, I don't know who is. Jennifer, welcome to Phoenix and Flame. Oh, thank you so much, Dana. It is such an honor to be here. You are doing an incredible job with your podcast, sharing the light and bringing everyone out of their ashes. Job well done. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, I've been talking to several people lately and knowing that myself and other people that I've talked with that we kind of come to the place where we are through some interesting twists and turns in our life. And I was just hoping that you could share a little bit of your twists and turns in your life with my audience that kind of brought you to where you are right now. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. You know, it is. Life is such an incredible journey. 
you know, we're really here on this earth school to learn so much. And I think we forget about that when we get caught up in the programming of what you should be doing versus just going with the flow. And so for me, I would say, you know, there's a lot that transpired in my childhood that helped or guided me to have these amazing gifts as being an intuitive empath. And that doesn't always come through fun experiences, right? So there's definitely some trauma there in childhood that usually results in a child becoming an empath. And uh, through that, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're a child, you don't really know. You just know that you know stuff, but you don't really no. So people don't pay you much, much attention. People don't pay much mind to you. You know, I was really the child who everyone would say, oh, does she have an eating disorder? Is there something wrong? My stomach was always in knots, notoriously. I never wanted to go out with certain people in our family. I never really wanted to go out to dinners. I didn't, you know, and in looking back now, I'm like, wow, what an incredibly smart child because you knew X, Y, and Z wasn't going to be a great environment to be in. You knew certain people didn't have the best of intentions or the best of energy, shall we say. So it's it's really interesting. And so as my life unfolded and, and things fast forward, it was in 1997 when I was in a traumatic car accident out in Boulder, Colorado. And it was one of those situations where they say, you know, geez, you never saw it coming. Well, I saw it coming. Like I looked in the rearview mirror, I saw, I knew what was about to happen and there was no getting out of it. There was six lanes of traffic. There was, I was there. And so I ping ponged in between, you know, back and forth with it, with the cars and such had a lot of soft tissue damage from the base of my skull down into my spine, neurological issues going on. There was so much more going on than I acknowledged or realized or even shared with friends at that point in time, right? Like you, sometimes you ever get to that point where there's so much going on, you don't even know how to express it. And that was really happening to me during that time. And I was climbing the corporate ladder and I was going to be a gazillionaire. I was going to have my house at this age, the 401k, the health insurance. Meanwhile, all my friends in their twenties were having a heyday of a time. I was like on this path and the amazing blessing out of this car accident was that it completely showed me a different path. Through some hard lessons, right? Growth is <laughs> growth is generally not a really great thing, right? <laughs> Who really enjoys it? I mean, I'd like to believe that I do after the fact, yes. But during it, you're like, really? You know, I was in and out of doctor's offices for like eight hours. It was months. My rehab was two years. I, you know, just didn't understand brain injury, but started to. I was specializing in Alzheimer's disease. So it was, I sort of got it, but I didn't quite, I didn't take it serious. I wish I would have taken it a little bit more serious at the time. And so through this time is when I was introduced to Pilates and I was in so much pain and someone said, you should try this. I met an incredible instructor who her specialty was Pilates rehabilitative care. And I worked with yeah. her and her team of instructors for about two years. And at that point in time, my life on the back end was really changing drastically. Um, My company that I was working for was going public. The money, they were having money issues. I was only back to work barely um, part-time. I think I was doing like three hours a week if I, or excuse me, three hours a day or a few days a week if I remember correctly. And I, you know, no one wants that as an executive, right? No one wanted me there. They were like, we're kind of done with her. And so all this started to happen And I remember going at one point in time and I knew what was transpiring financially behind the scenes. And I said, you know, uh, we need to let people go and I'm going to get, I'm going to give myself, you know, you can, I'll 
I'll take that. And so I was very young, right? Like I was very, it was such an adult decision, I say, for such a young, a young person in their, in their middle 20s. So one day I would go into work and the regional person was there and was like, hey, you want to go to lunch today? And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. Well, here comes the HR person. And so if anybody knows this, you know, like you're, you're leaving. And so we go to lunch and I'm like, I'm still not getting it, right? Like I'm not getting it. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, you know, we're going to let you go. And I was like, what do you mean you're going to let me go? Like, <laughs> Dana, it was hysterical, literally hysterical. It was like, I, ha- I, I didn't see it coming, right? Like I made this adult decision, you know, before I knew what I was doing and it was, you know, this was all divined, you know, divine planning and divine intervention here. And so I was let go. I was laid off you know, I I was taking care of a little bit. So that was quite nice. So now I'm really into full-time rehab in the Pilates. The settlement is settling. So I get a little bit of money. And one of the instructors had said to me, you should go to school for this. And without a blink of an eye, it was the exact amount of money you needed to go to the Pilates Center in Boulder, which is the Harvard of all Pilates schools. And I was like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. I'll do that. And so I started going to Pilates school. I did things I never did that a lot of people don't know. I was a wedding coordinator for an incredible restaurant in Boulder. It was such an incredibly beautiful time of my life because my specialty is business and marketing and branding and helping businesses. And so they really needed that help and that turnaround. So I went in into, and I was able to do that. I was working at a really great little Italian restaurant with friends. The Pilates school is very much like a physical therapy school. It's a year long. You really go intricate into the body. And so when you're done and you walk away, I felt such this blessing that I just wanted to turn around and give back. And I said, if I could just help one person not to be in pain, because what all of these women had done for me was amazing. And so now you fast forward all these years later, 20 some years later, I've, you know, helped thousands of people around the world, an incredible blessing, both in studio, virtually, And it's such a blessing. And then through the Pilates, the coaching was born. You know, every session turns into almost a therapy session. You know, my specialty is the rehabilitative care. So everything really was coming together. It just didn't always seem that way, right? You never see what's coming together in the middle of the muck. You're like, what is happening? And so, you know, things really, that was a huge turning point at that time. And you think about Joseph Pilates, who started this in the 1800s. He always said he was 50 years ahead of his time. You know, he truly was a healer in his own right. And so through my Pilates practice, I would realize, you know, clients would come in in pain and they would leave without the pain. I would have their pain. So Mm. that's when I really began to sort of understand more so of the metaphysical world than I ever did. Like I loved a good tarot reading. I loved a good intuitive. I really started to dive in. I really started to do a little bit of research and I knew like, okay, I should be wearing amethyst on my left hand. That will help me not take on people's energies. However, it wasn't until many, many, many years later that I actually found out what an empath was and that I was an empath and these incredible gifts and skills that I had, which let's be clear, Dana, if I had known this, (laughs) 15 freaking years ago, I could have saved myself so many different journeys and paths. <laughs> or I would have at least shortened them a little. <laughs> right? Because again, you just, I always knew stuff. Like I've always, you know, and so it, it definitely helps when you're working with clients because one, they, you can bullshit yourself, but you can't bullshit me. And so I'll see right through it, which is such an amazing blessing because I can help you 
get somewhere way quicker than if we were just going to sit back and have this conversation for years on end over and over again about the same thing that's upset you. Let's get to the root of it. Let's get to the core of it. Let's rip it out. Let's be done with it. Let's empower you. Let's bring back that self-confidence and that empowerment because you are the ripple effect to the rest of your world, both personally and professionally. So people always say, are you a business coach or a life coach? And I'm like, it's everything. It really always has been that way. And mm -hmm. uh, because you're transforming a business just as equally as you're transforming an individual. And so all of that, you know, is very much married together when I'm working with clients. And so it's it's a really interesting um, set of tools to have, I'll say. I used to say, geez, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. And I finally no longer say that. I really just see all the blessings that I've been given. And wow, you know, it's not just me. Like 50% of the population has this ability. They just either don't know it or choose not to tune into it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh my gosh. So mm -hmm. I, I told, I was telling uh, Jennifer before we started the podcast recording that I was going to be writing notes down as she was talking and as she would say things that would strike something in me. Well, Jennifer, I've got like about four or five <laughs> things Yay! already just awesome. based on what you've already said. So, okay. Wow. Um, and there's some things in my head that I haven't even written down. So, let me back up and emphasize a few things. So I don't think we really appreciate the learning that happens through pain. You know, there's a quote that I ran across one time that says, there is no teacher as effective as pain. Mm -hmm. And it seems like we're trying to run away from it so much for obvious reasons that it becomes like this avoidance thing. And I actually end up talking to my patients lots of times. It was just yesterday, as a matter of fact, was having a conversation about sitting with discomfort mm -hmm. and not running from it, but knowing just sit with it. it the discomfort level will decrease, but then you're going to be left with strength mm -hmm. behind. Once you, If you don't run away from it and you sit with it and you let it teach you, you let it change you, you let it empower you then you're going to grow. You're going to be different. And so I think, I think that's huge all by itself is taking that whole idea of the pain as a teacher and learning from that rather than feeling like it's something that we have to be avoided at all costs. Absolutely. No, it's so important to embrace and sit with it. And I always encourage clients and say, you know, it doesn't feel good. It's not going to feel great. I'm not going to lie to you. It's probably going to suck. However, if you can realize the fact that if you can sit with this and you can breathe through it, whatever it is, take that moment, not a day, not a week, not a month, but take that moment and allow it to pass through you. You don't have to hold on to that. That's supposed to, emotions, feelings come through us. It's the ego, it's the mind that wraps it up in things like, oh no, we have to, we have to feel grief forever. We have to feel this pain forever. We have to have this feel forever. No, we do not. You can acknowledge mm -hmm. it. Yes, it's not, it's not good. It's not great. It feels icky, whatever that is. And then you have just as much right to release that because you are meant to embody happiness and joy and love and vibrate at a very high level. We are not meant to play down low and be, you know, in low vibrations and not feeling good and being in fear. That's not why we're here at all. And once we recognize and once people have that mind shift and go, oh, so that whole theory of like, I'm supposed to feel pain when I'm working out to know that I'm, I'm doing better or I should be exhausted after a work week. Like that's really not, no, that's not true. 
It's completely not true. So there's a there's a lot of deprogramming that I say that goes along with all of that. And some people are incredibly open to that and other people are very uncomfortable with that. And I think that that's okay too. I like your attitude about it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. You know, stop the judgment that it's just okay. And you used a word earlier that I really, really like. It's the acknowledgement because mm-hmm. I run into people that they don't want, they're just like, they've got blinders on, they got their fingers on their ears. They don't want to acknowledge what they're going through. They don't want to acknowledge what's trying to pass through. You can't do anything about something that you won't even acknowledge is there. Mm-hmm. Right. So that has to be one of those first steps is that acknowledgement. And then you can do all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. And you can release it because again, and like what you're, you're expressing is that when we have all life happening, you know, and people say to us, we have to first switch the mindset to life happening for us. And that takes time. That is not an overnight success. You know, when we have all this stuff piled on us and people aren't breathing and they're eating it away or drinking it away or drugging it away or doing whatever, Mm -hmm. that will come out and manifest as dis-ease in your body. That will be a rash. That will be the flu. Mm -hmm. That will be cancer. That will be depression. That will be – so when we – again, it's always going back to that root cause – the why. And, and I just had this discussion yesterday, you know, with, with a family member. And it was, I said, okay, like I see what's going on, but I want to know the why and I want to know the where. And so you'll, you're going to love this, Dana. So when we were looking at this, it was a lot of skin stuff going on. And so I said, okay, if we look at the root cause emotionally to every area of the body that this is affecting, this all has to do with fear of moving forward, fear of not feeling safe, fear of not having sense of security. And I was like, so fear is the, like, we have to address fear, fear, false evidence appearing real. And, you know, the (laughs) other thing that I learned this year that I love, a friend of mine said this to me as I was, you know, very anxiously getting on on a plane for the first time in five years and, you know, all this stuff. And I was very anxious. I am human. I know anxiety and stress very well. Um, I'd like to say we're friends. <laughs> and, you know, the person looked at me and said, all fear is, is excitement without breath. So breathe. And I was like, wow, wow. How amazing is that statement? Because it's really true. If you think about it, behind everything that you fear there's a bit of excitement. Like, oh my gosh, I fear that Ferris will because it's going to go high and I'm afraid of heights, but I'm so excited. I kind of want to go on it, but there's this fear that's overtaking it. And so once again, it's that mindset shift. And when you are willing to connect the body, mind, and spirit, miracles happen, life changes, and you realize and you experience the joy and love like you've never had in life. That just description that you gave about the breathing, that just to kind of exhale, let that out. What I'm thinking about when you're saying that is I deal with a lot of people who have trauma Mm -hmm. stuck in their body. And one of the ways that we go and deal with that, and there's a lot of different protocols for that. I'm not going to go into all of that, but I mean, it's teaching them to go back, but with breathing. Mm-hmm. because when we get stuck in fight or flight and when we get triggered, that's what happens. Our mind flips us into fight or flight. We are holding our breath. We're like stuck. But if you can continue to breathe, like that mm-hmm. woman on the plane said, just breathe, then you can keep your heart rate modulated mm-hmm. and you can stay present with what's going on. Right. You don't get flipped into fight or flight. You're not 
freaked mm-hmm. out. You can you can continue to think. You can continue to feel mm-hmm. and process what's going on. Right. And that's a big deal. And, and, and there's a ton of people, right, especially after the last few years, they don't want to feel anything. You know, and I can mm-hmm. remember back at my car accident when I was in with lots of therapists and massage therapists and cranial sacral. I mean, you name the alternative holistic doctor, and I saw that. And I remember quite vividly this one saying to me, you don't live in your body. And I did not understand at that time, Dana, what that meant. And it took years <laughs> and years. And, and it, every time when it kind of pops back up every once in a while, which is like every, you know, every so many years, it has a new meaning to me. And I realized through like exactly what you're saying, when there is trauma going on around us, when we are uncomfortable in a situation, we tend to numb out and check out. So I've always been much more comfortable outside of my body. I had to learn how to be comfortable in my body. Again, marrying my body, mind, and spirit. And once I did that, now you're healing your inner child. Now you're healing that trauma. Now you're like, oh, this feels great. I don't have to feel – no, you're not meant to feel pain. You're not meant to stay in grief. You're not meant to have to fight for everything in this life. You're not meant to. Life is meant to be flowed through. You know, and in many, many years, I was always swimming up river, always. Boy, I'll tell you what, it gets a lot better when you learn how to just go with that flow. Oh, my goodness. That is so, so true. And I've heard a lot of people say exactly what you were just talking about, not really feeling comfortable in their own body because of trauma Mm -hmm. and learning to be comfortable in your own skin, in your own body is kind of a big deal because if they're not... What happens, what I've noticed anyway, is they don't, they don't want to sit still. Mm-hmm. They don't, they, they want to fill their mind up with something else. Either they're, they're hyperkinetic, they're constantly moving, constantly doing. They, to other people, they look like Superman or Superwoman. They've got so much going on all the time. But what they, other people don't know is that when they have to sit down in, in the silence mm-hmm. with their own thoughts and feelings, that's when they freak out. That's mm-hmm. what they're ultimately hugely scared of. And like you mentioned earlier, sometimes people will actively seek out, whether it's uh, mind-numbing through buying things, going online, buying things through sex, mm-hmm. using sex to, you know, kind of numb out of that feeling, getting involved with those physical sensations rather than your own body and what's mm-hmm. going on in your own body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you, of course, the, the drugs, alcohol, you know, any kind of other drugs and that kind of stuff is a way of avoidance. Right. Yeah, it takes me back to, you know, you really think about families back in the day, I'll say, right? Like, I should age myself a little here. And you always had, like, the aunt or someone in your family who was just like you're saying at the holiday events, nonstop, always cleaning, always cooking, never sitting down, might have a sip of wine as they're running to go do something else, to do something else, because they can't sit. You know, they're avoiding, they're avoid, they might be avoiding the situation, they're avoiding their emotions, they don't want to answer questions, they don't, and when you really can watch and be the observer to those around you, you can really begin to have a different mindset and more of a compassion sense for people than, oh, she's always just acting so busy and she never has time for me or he never has time for me or, well, let's go a little deeper and really look at that. Because Mm -hmm. there's always something. And that's during a generational time where no one spoke, right? Everything's under the carpet. Everything's under the carpet. And then all of a sudden, you know, the whole house is burning down, you know? (laughs) And so we've been through that. And I think that 
again, after these last few years, I feel the blessing that's come out of this is let's talk, let's be open, let's express feelings, you know, let's try to get back to getting along because that would be really great if everyone could just speak their mind and go, okay, I love that. I appreciate your thoughts. You know, maybe that's not for me today. It doesn't have to turn into World War III. And so I think we're all navigating these different avenues and different ways of communication versus just being so like, oh, they don't agree with me. Well, I'm not speaking to them. Or, you know, because again, that's another trauma. There are so many trauma responses that people don't understand about you know, besides the traditional of, of what we've been brought up to believe, there's so much more. And so when we can just release and be okay and know that you're supposed to be okay, you're supposed to be happy, you know, and if you're not happy, then how do we change that? Is that your job? Is that where you're living? Is that what you're eating? Is that just how you feel about yourself? And so those are the moments that I really just ask clients to have grace with themselves because you're going through a transformational time and that is not an overnight success. It, it, I have not had one. I mean, not like that. If you do, that's amazing. Um, and I'm continuing, you know, I think we're always on this journey. We're always evolving. We're always transforming. And whom you are today is not whom you're going to be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So let's just deal in this present moment in time and work with what we have and have Absolutely. compassion and grace for ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's huge. You know, having patience and grace for yourself and also the, the mindfulness, you know, being in the moment. That's one of the reasons why I, I named my private practice New Day Psychological Services, because you know what? I don't know what happened yesterday. And maybe you, you messed up again yesterday for the 50,000th time. But you know what? Today is today's a new day. Mm -hmm. New opportunities, new chances to make new decisions, to do something different than you've always done before. Now, I want to kind of wrap back around to you made, made a comment in the beginning about being empathic, you know, being an empath and how children lots of times, you know, develops as a child. And, you know, it, it's been my experience and other people that I've run into lots of times when there's a somewhat of a traumatic experience that kids are trying to be hyper vigilant, be mm -hmm. hyper aware. They're trying to really take the barometer of everybody around them. They're, they're so aware of, of all the, the emotional ups and downs of everyone around them because of what they had to go through and they're trying to protect themselves. And so sometimes those of us who went through stuff like that, then when you get to be older, you still have those skills and so I think I've talked to some people that have them and they're, they're like ass over elbows in being an, they, they say, Dana, I can't, I don't want to be around anybody because I'm so aware of all their, mm -hmm. their feelings. And, you know, lots of times then that's where boundaries comes into play, understanding what's yours, what's not yours. You can be aware of it, but you're not responsible for it. But I'm kind of wondering from your experience, what, what being an empath has done for you. Yo, it's done a lot, Dana. <laughs> it's done a lot, girlfriend. You know, it's true. I mean, I have stumbled through it, as you say, ass over elbow, in, when I didn't know what I was, right? But there were, I was always given little pieces of breadcrumbs here and there from the, you know, wearing the amethyst to try to help absorb other people's energies versus me taking it on before I even realized, right? That was so, that was, gosh, 15 years ago. I, I didn't, I didn't understand that to me, soothing myself with Reiki music. Didn't understand how much I was healing myself, but I, you know, so it's so interesting when I look back how incredibly far advanced I was and I had no idea what I was doing. 
I was so <laughs> on the right path. And then, you know, and I don't ever want to say that we take wrong paths, but, you know, sometimes I, I take a scenic route that was unnecessary. And <laughs> I've done that a few times. And so I agree with you. Yes. Like I definitely, as a child, needed to navigate situations and family members because you didn't know what you were going to get. And were you getting an angry person? Were you getting an overly jovial person? And how are you navigating that? And you become the peacekeeper and you become the one that's trying, you know, and you and I and the family wonders why I had so many stomach issues. You know, there was all of this that was going on. And so as life progressed and I was taking on other people's stuff, I didn't know it. Right. I, I didn't know any of that. And so I think there was a period that and I, and I find like a lot of empaths go through interesting scenic road trips, we'll say. And I had heydays, much like most people do in their late 20s and 30s. And so that's right after the car accident. So all of that was heightened. My empathic abilities were all heightened, again, not knowing what they were. All of that was heightened. I definitely was in those years of drinking and having a good time, like every you know, kid does in their 20s and 30s and they go out every Friday night and Saturday night. When I look back now, well, hell yeah, I was drinking. I didn't want to feel anybody's energy that was around me when I look at it. You know, it's not that I was around, you know, not great people, but I definitely wasn't always in the highest of vibrations, we'll say. So <laughs> I completely get why, you know, I look back and I'm like, wow, wow, you went through a lot, girl. How did you get through all that? And you're still like, and I'm who I am now. Like, that's pretty freaking amazing when I look back at all of it. Because, you know, everybody's got some of those darker moments and, and things that transpire. And as I've gone forth and learned, it has been a huge adjustment to learning boundaries and to understanding that. And I am not here to save the world. I am not here to heal every human being. That is not my responsibility. That's God's responsibility. Now, if he chooses in a moment that that's what I'm to do, then that's fine. But, you know, I think it's important for people to remember that, yes, we have healing abilities, but I like to look at it as I'm not necessarily the healer. I'm the vessel for the healing. Because when I start, and I've done this in the past, when I start to take on, like, I'm your healer, I'm taking on a lot. Mm -hmm. And when you go back and go, no, wait, the energy comes through me and I'm the vessel to you. That's that's God, that's universe, that's divine, that's whomever you believe in. That's very different, right? Then I'm not taking all that on. And so that, you know, different things take a long time to understand. Uh, setting healthy boundaries as an empath is so challenging and always evolving. You know, we, we generally are, we've been people pleasers. We've been usually in alcoholic homes. We've been, you know, there's, there's a pretty standard sheet when you whip it out as far as how empaths are born. There's usually divorce. Yeah. There's, you know, separation. There's all this abandonment issues kind of things. And it doesn't mean that we come from bad homes. I really want to, I want to say that. It, it doesn't mean that. It just means that we've been through events that our little bodies and minds felt traumatized in. And so there are triggers along and you will always be learning until you have released those triggers. So setting good boundaries. I'm not a big drinker anymore like I was in my 20s and 30s, Dana. I really don't. <laughs> like I have, there's there's one wine company, Dry Farm Wines. Everyone knows I love them. It's no sugar, no sulfates. Ooh. Everyone's, oh, it's phenomenal. It's like the healthiest wine. They care about where they grow in the soil. It's phenomenal. 
phenomenal, phenomenal. I actually have a box coming because it's my birthday in a week. So I'm so excited. I'll send you the link. Um, so every once in a blue moon, like I'll have, because that's, I cherish it and I savor it. And, you know, I'm of that sense and understanding where the word spirits came from for alcohol. You know, there's a lot of people that change when they drink. And I do really believe now fast forwarding through my life that, yeah, when you are drinking and you are opening up so much, you aren't there at your gate. You're letting everything in. And so people change. And so I'm very cautious of my gates. I know my limitate, you know, my little six or eight ounces of wine here or there. I, I really enjoy that. I don't not do things because I'm an empath. But I do have my boundaries and I do work on those. I do self-healings. I, I do watch myself and, and I catch myself. Like this morning I was out, every morning I go out for a walk to clear because I work from home. So for me, going out on a walk in nature is very clearing. It's very healing. I'm visualizing, doing my manifesting for the day. And that's my moment with the universe and God and messages are coming in and I'm, you know, all that good stuff is going on. Well, today that was not the case. God had other plans. You know, I had one neighbor that grabbed me who was melting down with their dog. I had another neighbor who grabbed me and she was like, oh my gosh, have you heard, you know, all these crazy rent increases and she needed to be heard. And so I was hearing her. And then, you know, another neighbor came up and we started talking and then all of a sudden he's letting me know about this you know, horrific domestic abuse situation that just happened. And I was like, whoa, like I'm not even signed into work yet, God, like hold on, you know? (laughs) And so all this, and again, there's this piece in you that wants to save everyone and help everyone. But then, you know, you take a step back and you go, no, I helped by giving the information that I could. I helped by listening. I helped by just being there and holding space for that person when they really needed it. And then I move forward. And so before this, I did a meditation. I laid down. I was literally exhausted after all three of those people. I was like, I just need a minute. Like, I'm, I mean, the day hasn't even begun, God, you know? And so I laid down and that was refreshing to me. So it's knowing and allowing and taking care of self. Like I knew laying down like for 10 minutes with my Reiki music and realigning myself, I'm clearing everything out and I'm back to me again. And so my sacred space is my sacred space. Do I like going around large groups of people? No. But the truth is, is I never have. It's not, you know, fearing all the energy like I used to. Absolutely. I've been there. I don't have those issues anymore when I go into grocery stores and things like that. And I used to, yes, but I do not anymore. I've never cared to be in busy, loud restaurants. I don't filter well. And so Mm -hmm. I get very agitated when there's lots of people talking. That's not a a healthy environment for me. And, you know, I'm just sensitive to noises and things like that. So you find what works for you. Don't shelter yourself. I was so um, new when I really, like, when it really came out and I knew what was going on, it was almost like that was the curse. Like, oh, by the way, you're an empath. And now you realize all this stuff and you're like, ah, I don't want to be around anyone. And and you, you feel like you're raw. And that anything that you see, read, touch is just going to absorb into your body is the best way I can explain it. And that I have been there. It takes a minute to just go, no, like that that's not how it has to be. And I would say the number one thing, you know, if I can say this to any empath that's out there and any human being that is listening that has been through any sort of trauma and upset, which let's be clear, Dana, every single one of us has been mm-hmm. because we're here and we're on earth and we're human. Yep. When you heal self – You are not only healing yourself, you're healing your family. You're healing generations. 
You are the ripple effect to people around you. When you heal yourself and when you begin to heal things, particularly as an empath, the healed empath does not take on as much. The more healing you do, the less you pick up around the world. What you are picking up and what is being mirrored to you are the triggers that you have picked up along your journey. And Mm -hmm. so the more you heal, the less you feel. Now, with that being said, I'll be very clear. I'm like one of the most sensitive empaths in the world. So if a solar flare is flying by or (laughs) like I feel all of that in my body in, in uncomfortable ways, very uncomfortable ways for me, I really have to discern my uncomfortableness from Earth's uncomfortableness. And when you can begin to discern those things, then you can find some sort of peace. Like you're like, oh, I have all this. Like all of a sudden you'll get, I'll get these energies, these zoomies, like my kitty cats. Like they'll zoom around and all of a sudden I'll be zooming and I'm vacuuming and I'm doing all this stuff. And I realize I'm like, oh, I'm getting like a serious energy uplift. But it's not like a great one. Like you're just kind of like, oh my. It's energy that needs to come through your body. So you got to, I always say move to get it, to get it going, drink, hydrate, be in nature. Then there are other times where it's the exact opposite. Like I'm out, I have to go lay down, I'm going to sleep. Like there's just, there's no hope. Like there's just, you just have to go with it. But when you, you know, and I encourage people to go with it. When you, it's when you fight those energies that you are disaligning. So Mm. again, you always just want to go with the flow. And every day is new. I mean, it all makes sense when I look back, Dana, after the years and years I would be getting, I would be flying all the time. I love to travel and I would get off a plane. No matter where I went, I would need two to three days to decompress, not be around people, not get in a car, not do anything. I thought it was just because of motion sickness, all this and that, which, which right. like if I go from a car to a plane to a train, that's a lot of motion for me. I do need a time out. This past year, I've been, well, you know, now that we can all travel and stuff, I've been going much more between Florida and Arizona. And it was so amazing to get on the plane because I, for one, sleep like a baby on a plane. I love sleeping. But to get me on the plane (laughs) and in the seat and breathing has been a big deal in the over the years. And so this this couple of times when I went, like I was, and then you could add a mask on top of it. I mean, you were I was melting. I was melting, Dana. But I was determined I was going to do this. And I realized I wasn't really fearing the I was just excited. And I wanted to get where I was going. I was able to discern whose energy around me on the plane I was picking up because all of a sudden there would be like this wave of anxiety. And I was like, that's not me. When you can get to that path, and I promise them paths, if you work on yourself and you, if you're due diligent, you can get there. If I can get there, anybody can get there because, boy, I used to be able to, when I lived full-time in Arizona, I could tell you when an earthquake was happening in California. I could tell you. So, I mean, I used to be able to predict the weather like craziness. Now, luckily, I'm not that in tune anymore for that but I I can tell you like if a hurricane's coming where it's going or where it's not going which is which is helpful you know and that is the role of empaths I want people to know like empaths are not weak like we're pretty badass people Mm -hmm. empaths are here to give the warning we are the elephants of 
the wild, you know, the el- when, when all hell's breaking loose, an elephant is what is trampling, you know, the elephant comes through first and, you know, the horn goes and tells that very <laughs> animal, go higher ground. That's what an empath is. We are the ones that sound the horns. We are the ones. So I think when empaths begin to understand that, they start to feel more empowered and go, oh, yeah. I knew weeks before the pandemic what was going on. I knew weeks beforehand. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't tell you what was coming, but I knew something but was coming. Some. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. So it's it's learning to feel that empowerment and surrounding yourself with the right people who are willing to love you for who you are, to understand you for who you are, and who may sometimes think you're a little, a little crazy, <laughs> but yet they listen to you. Those are the people that you want around you. You know, I think it's wonderful that you've gone through so much and are acknowledging so much of your own experiences and you're essentially paying it forward. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're saying, I'm going to help someone else with what I've experienced and hopefully they won't have to go through as much as I've gone through. They can learn from what I've gone through as well. And I was wondering, I was reading down some of these questions that you said that you're you know, ready and able to answer. It says, how does Pilates help decrease fear, anxiety, and emotional stress. Now, being a psychotherapist, that just really jumped out at me Mm -hmm. as being very, very interesting and really kind of going right along with what you've been talking about Mm -hmm. already. So how does Pilates, because I I think your average person is going to think about Pilates, you know, like those classes in the gyms. So how does Pilates decrease fear, anxiety, and emotional stress? It's incredible how how Pilates truly works with the body, mind, and spirit. And so that's what it's all about. It's about connecting your body, the movement, with the breath work and settling down into self, into spirit, and being okay in your body. And so as an example, going back to my car accident, when I was going through my rehab for Pilates, I can remember one of the first sessions I went in, and I was on something called the Reformer. It was a piece of equipment, which is a great place to start if you have an injury, depending on what your injuries were. So that was best for me. And we were going to do a very simple movement called footworks. I mean, literally very simple. You're just pressing out and in. It wasn't, shouldn't be a big deal. And as I was settling into my body and feeling safe in my body and beginning the movement, now you've got a flow of energy going, and I'm working with the breath, the tears start coming out of my eyes. So there is such a release that your body wants to release. Your body doesn't want to hold on to all this trauma and things. So when you're really in that moment and in Pilates, you're very present. That's when everything connects. And when you are using that breath work, your heart rate is coming down. You're settling into your body and it's a beautiful thing. And when you are moving through these movements, now you're moving the energy through your body. You're moving trauma. You're, mo- you know, you're moving whatever those feelings are, good, bad, ugly, and just, you know, indecisive. That's what's happening. Now, the way that that I've just described that, it, it may sound pretty slow. Pilates doesn't have to be. For me, when I'm working with clients, I customize every program for that person and what their needs are based on where they're at in life and what are our goals. And right. everyone's goals are very different. And some, we do a lot of just mat work where it's your body and the mat because truly all you need is your own body's weight. And that is the essence of Pilates. And we always work 
from the core outward. So even if you come with an ailment and say your knee hurts and you're like, oh, my knee, my knee. And I'm like, okay. And I'm looking at your gait and I'm kind of watching everything. And then I'm still going to work with the traditional Pilates platform, which is working from your core outward. When we do that, we are realigning the other ailments that are transpiring in your body that you're not aware of because they're overcompensating for that knee. So that's why nine times out of 10, when you just address, so this goes back to something from the beginning of the podcast, when you just address where the pain is, that's all well and good, but that doesn't mean that's where the pain originated from. So we have to get to the core of the situation. And so Pilates always starts at the core and we work outward and we work on strengthening and lengthening the body versus constricting and bulking the body. We work on the Mm. innermost muscles so your outermost muscles are automatically getting worked. I like to call it a two for the price of one. Because let's be clear, at the end of the day, who wants to work out? I mean, I know some people that love it, but you know, you're either loving it or you're like, eh, I could take it or leave it. And so for Pilates, I just love it because it doesn't feel like a workout, but afterwards I feel so good. I'm in my body, I'm present, I feel taller, my posture looks great. And there's an incredible guarantee that Joseph started, you know, again, back in the 1800s, which is after 10 sessions, you will feel a difference in your body. After 20 sessions, you will begin to notice a difference. And after 30 sessions, you will have a new body. And so what that means, and not only are you going to have a new body, you have a new body, mind, and spirit at that point in time after 30 sessions. That generally is two to three times a week. You know, that's where you want to be twice as great three times as you're the bomb.com, you know, and that's really, that's losing inches. It may be losing pounds. You know, it's really decreasing dis-ease and pain and trauma in the body. And so I would tell any empath that's out there, you know, Pilates is incredible for you because it really helps bring you to a place that you didn't even know you could get to. And sometimes people don't know where to start where they want to move forward and they want to do something. So I say, try this. This marries everything together and takes you there in a safe place where you feel confident and empowered within yourself. And when you get there, those are the places when the magic happens and, you know, you, you really can't go wrong. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful practice. It's a wonderful complement to running, to cycling, to tennis, to golf, equestrian, swimming, you know, since I've been uh, doing part-time in Florida and part-time in Arizona, I have been really adoring being in the pool here in Florida all the time. So I've started my pool Lattes practice. So I've taken it not only from the equipment, from the mat, but now in the pool. And I got to tell you like nine times out of 10, especially, you know, in the summertime, that's where I'm doing my Pilates is in the pool. And I love it. And it's, you know, and as an empath, an empath loves water loves water, needs to be in water. It's very clearing for you. So, you know, with that being said, definitely shower in the morning and thank that water for releasing any negativity from your body, mind, and spirit that you might have had in dream world because you never know where you go. And make sure at the end of the day that you have a shower. And yes, hygiene is important, but this is really about releasing and washing off the energies from the day and putting on clean clothes. And taking those clothes. I mean, there's little practices that you can do that make a world of difference in a world where we have every gadget and every energetic thing coming at us. So when you can take the little tricks of the trade and use those, you know, it definitely helps. 
Oh, wow. That, gosh, you have given so much information that has been so helpful. I mean, I've just been sitting here just mesmerized by everything you've been saying. And it's and it's all actionable. It's all very useful because I'm one of those people that I'm like, yeah, but okay, but what's the point? You have been given point after point after point after point of very useful, practical mm-hmm. things that people can do and also explaining the why of it. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering where is there like a website or some place that you would like my listeners to go to when they want to get more information about you and what you have to offer? Yeah, sure. They can head over to jenniferpilates.com. That okay. has everything about me. That has the virtual Pilates training. That has the coaching. It has the podcast. It has intuitive reading readings if that's something that you're into. All of that information, you can contact me. If you are an empath and you, and you are struggling on your path or you just you have more questions, I would love to continue the conversation and I'm I'm here to support. I'm here to spread love around the world and to help one person at a time to do better, be better and live better and feel empowered. Jennifer, I'm so glad you're on the planet and I I was going to say I'm sorry that you had to go through what you did, but you know, I'm not sorry because you went through all of that for a reason and it has made you the woman that you are today and you're reaching out and you're really, you have a a heart for people and you're trying to use what you've gone through to help other people and and pay that forward. And nobody can ask any more than that. I mean, you're just fulfilling everything, you know, the self-actualizing that you're doing by this work and reaching out to my listeners on Phoenix and Flame. I so appreciate that. If you are listening today and I know that you've heard some things today that have been so helpful and so amazing to you. And possibly even if you have like a a friend or a family member or a coworker that you think, oh my gosh, I wish that they, they need to hear this. They need to hear this podcast episode. There's so much in there that they could do that would help them. Then tell them about it. Send them a text, you know, copy the link, send them a text, send it an email, put this on your social media platforms, whichever ones are your most favorite. Share it out there. Let's grow our Phoenix and Flame community so we can reach out to one another and just help support one another with no judgment and just having a bunch of wonderful ideas of how we can just live better in this life. And we can pull ourselves out of the ash, that we can rise out of the ash and just really, really become the people that we were meant to be. So Jennifer, thank you so much for your time and your energy and your effort to come and be with us today. Those of you out there in Phoenix and Flame community, I hope you've had a wonderful day and enjoyed this podcast. And this is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.